Well, turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at this morning, I think the greatest subject of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As you know, today is Easter. We celebrate his death and resurrection. And this morning, we're going to do several things. We got two questions or two big things to think about in our grow group, and that is the questions concerning resurrection and the importance of Christ's resurrection. And so when you think about that, here's some questions. I mean, what is resurrection? Why is resurrection so important? Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, why is it so important? Isn't it enough? Isn't it enough that Jesus died? What about rising again? And how does all of this affect us? And so this morning, as we look at this, we want to see it. Let's do this. Let's start with prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great morning that you have allowed us to come together to worship Jesus Christ and to celebrate his death and resurrection. And so, Lord, as we come on this Resurrection Sunday, we just think about uh, the good news, the, gr- the gospel, the great news of the death and the resurrection of our Savior. And so, Lord, as we uh, celebrate this morning, thank you, Lord, that we could all be together, that we'd have opportunity to, to come and uh, look at the Scripture and maybe be challenged and, and uh, see things maybe we've never thought about before and just be ready to give an answer to everyone for the hope that is within us. Teach us now, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. When you think about Jesus, when you think about God and his information to the nation of Israel, he told them they were to work six days and rest on the seventh day. The first day of the week is Sunday, last day of the week is Saturday. So they were to work Sunday through Friday and then rest on Saturday, which is the Sabbath day. But we do something different. We, we actually worship on the first day of the week. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the first day of the week. That's why we celebrate on Sunday morning and, and when we come together on Sunday because Jesus rose from the first, on the first day. And so as we think about that, I've, I've got some questions to think about and then the importance of Christ's resurrection. I think there's a few things we'll teach in here that maybe you've never really thought about. If you've, been in the, if you've ever had the uh, tutu or if you ever had a certain, some of the other studies, and especially when we did some of the end-time studies, there'll be some things in here today. That, that I think you'll know, or maybe for some of you, it'll be pretty exciting to see it. So let's start with some questions concerning resurrection. And the first question is, what exactly is resurrection? Because resurrection is dealing with body. By the way, resurrection is always of the body. It's not, it's not a spirit thing. When we say resurrection, we're talking about the body coming back. Now, human body is, is perishable, and we know that there's going to be a time that it'll be imperishable. And so when we say resurrection, what we say is this. The resurrection is when the human body is raised from the dead or changed to never die again. There's no corruption. Now, there were people that, you know, were raised from the dead, but they that died again. Resurrection is to be raised from the dead, never to die again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he basically says, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, this dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. And so that's what resurrection is. Second, who is the first person ever to be resurrected? But when you think about that, some people get confused and they say, wait a minute, it's Jesus. Well, no, wait a minute. Was it Jesus or not? Well, wasn't there a little 12-year-old girl that was raised from the dead? And wasn't there Lazarus who had been dead for four days and he was raised from the dead? And wasn't the widow at Nain, her son, her only son, he was raised from the dead? And so if we, if we say resurrection is just to be raised from the dead, that happens at different times. Or it has happened before. It's even happened in, in the Old Testament. But resurrection is to be raised from the dead to have a body that will never decay and will go on forever. Jesus is the, so the very first person to ever be raised from the dead is Jesus Christ. He's the first one to be resurrected. He died and rose again 
to never die again. In 1 Corinthians 15, if that's where you are, notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. It says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. First fruits was always the first one. When the Jewish people would go out to get what they call first fruits, that was the first of the crops, the first of the thing. Jesus is called the first one to be resurrected, the first one to come back from the dead, never to die again. And so it's really a pretty incredible there. He's the first fruits. The first one to be resurrected, of course, is Jesus Christ. That takes us to another question then. Is it, it, uh, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Is resurrection part of the gospel? Because for a long time, I trusted Christ when I was 19. I was, grew for a while, but for a long time, I thought the message was Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins, and if you believe in him, you have eternal life. And I, I thought that was the message, because that sounds right. I mean, it is right. Didn't he die on the cross to pay for sin, and you believe in him, you have eternal life. But there's really more to it, because the, the, the gospel message is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, he says, I delivered to you first importance, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried and rose again on the third day. So the gospel is the message. It is the message of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so think about this. The gospel is the message it says. Paul says in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. So the gospel is the death and resurrection of Christ. So when we tell people the good news message, we don't just say Jesus died for us on the cross and paid for our sins. We say Jesus died for, died for us on the cross, paid for our sins, and what? Rose again on the third day. He rose. He rose. So the, the gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's really, really powerful. The, second, uh, the, the fourth big question is, is the resurrection of human beings based on Christ? And the answer is yes. What we mean by that is this. Yes, people will be raised based on their relationship to Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand, that, and we're going to get to it in the fifth question, but your connection with Jesus Christ is going to determine when you are raised from the dead. There are people who are unbelievers, and based on their relationship or connection with Christ, uh, they will be raised from the dead at a certain time. And so we, I want to show you that, that the bottom line is, based on Jesus Christ, people uh, will be raised forever. And, 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 and listen, there are two resurrections. We're going to talk more about it in just a minute. When we look at this, you may have never seen this. And if you've never seen this, you're going to be really excited about how this fits, okay? That takes us to the fifth question. Will every human being be raised from the dead? The answer is yes, because Jesus Christ had conquered, has conquered death. You understand that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, did he pay for the sins of every human being? Yes. When he rose from the grave, did he conquer death for every human being? Yes. So when we talk about what Jesus did on the cross and, and, and his death and resurrection, he died to pay for sin for all people. He rose from the grave to conquer death for all people. So every human being will be raised from the dead. Now, some are going to live forever with Christ and some are going to be separated forever with Christ. What we say this is through one man, Adam, death came into the world. Through one man, Jesus Christ, life came into the world. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all are made alive. Some people, when they read that verse, and it says, in Adam all die, in Christ all are made alive, they think in Christ means only believers are made alive. Jesus has conquered death for every person. 
So his death and resurrection is so key for every aspect. And so when we talk about Easter and we talk about coming together and remembering the resurrection of Christ, resurrection of Christ is vital because the resurrection of Christ conquered death. We're going to see more in just a few minutes. So that takes us uh, through to the big second part, and that is the importance of Christ's resurrection. Why does it matter? What if we just said, Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin, and so he did that. He paid for sin. So does it really matter whether he rose from the grave or not? And there's some people who say it doesn't matter. In fact, there's some people who say, I remember listening to a person. I went to a, a meeting on campus one time, and it was all these different pastors from across the community, and I just happened to be at the meeting. And one of the people said, it's, it's not really important whether Jesus rose from the grave. If you think he rose from the grave, that's the only thing that matters, not whether he actually rose or not. Now, whether you think it or not, what matters is, did he rise from the grave or not? Did he? And so let's talk about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three big things. <clears throat> and there's in our message in the, in the church service, I'm going to give you a lot of information this morning in the church service, but this is not quite as much, but I want you to see some things. Why is it so important that Jesus rose from the grave? It proved that he indeed is the Son of God. Listen, he, he, what did he say? We saw in the little story how funny it was. They said, are you the Messiah? Are you the Son of God? And he said, you have said it. Yes, I am. I'm the Son of God. He said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. I've always existed in the garden when they came to arrest him. Remember the crowd all came up? What did he say? He said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And what did he say? I am. He said, I am. When he said that, it says everyone took some steps back and put their faces to the ground. That, the people who came to arrest him took steps back and put their faces to the ground. I think if I was in that group, I'd say, I think I'm going to go on home now. I think that's enough, right? Because it showed his power right there. It shows he's God. So the, first of all, the resurrection proved it, though. Because see, could, could, I mean, I don't mean this in a silly way, but could you say you're God? You could say, I'm God. I don't have to show you anything. In fact, uh, in, in fact, I'm trying to think of what cult leader, I can't try to remember who it is. This, you know, I did a study on the cult several years ago. But, but this, there's a thing, sometimes in the paper you'll see a thing, the Christ is coming. And there's a group of people that believe that there is the Christ who is on the earth, not Jesus, of course, he's already come and gone, and they think that he's going to bring in some new world order, and it's the, it's, uh, it's the you know, the, all that false stuff. Well, they put in the bottom, the Christ is on the earth now, but he will not show himself to be Christ or God while he's on the earth. You know why? Because he isn't, right? Okay, but, but even if Jesus said, I'm the son of God and I'm the savior of the world, what proves that he's the son of God and the savior of the world? The resurrection. Romans chapter 1 verse 4, it says he is declared to be the son of God with power because of his resurrection from the dead. Listen, anybody can say to be God and anybody can die it's coming back from the dead and conquering death and giving life is what proved that he is the Son of God. So his resurrection from the dead actually proves that he is the Son of God. The second great truth is that he proved that all people, because his resurrection proved that all people will be raised from the dead. Now, I want you to see this, because this is going to, I want you to watch this for a little bit. We've got a lot of stuff I want to put up there. I want you to see this. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 20, 
through 23. Look what it says. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. Has he? Has Christ been raised from the dead? Yes. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death. Who's that man? Who's that man? Adam. By a man also came resurrection of the dead. Who's that man? Jesus Christ. For as in Adam, what happens? All die. So also in Christ, all will be what? Made alive. But notice this. But each in his own order. There is a, 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 an order. Christ is the first. After that, those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end. Now, he's going to talk about it. And we're going to show it. Many of you remember J. Vernon McGee. Anybody remember J. Vernon McGee, the great Bible teacher, J. Vernon McGee? I loved him. I loved him. He had a, had a little book one time, a little booklet called, because he lived in Pasadena, California. What's in Pasadena, California that's famous every year? The Rose Parade, right? The Rose Parade is at New Year's, right? The Rose Parade. Okay. He had a little booklet. He called it The Rose Parade of Resurrection. And he showed that in resurrection, there's a particular order. Who's first in the order? Jesus is, okay? And we're going to see that there is an order in the resurrection. And so this one says, but Christ, first each in his own order, Christ the first fruit. So let me remind you of something. You're going to see that in the Bible there are two resurrections. You go, really? Two resurrections. One is called the resurrection of life. The other is called the resurrection of death. It is also called the resurrection of damnation. It is also called the second death. So I want you to understand there's one called the resurrection of life. There's one called the resurrection of death, second death, or the resurrection of damnation. So there's two big resurrections. The first resurrection, and I want to show you how it fits on a chart. Here are the two resurrections. The first resurrection has three parts to it. The second resurrection has one part to it. Let me show you how it fits. The first resurrection is the resurrection of life. Who's the first one? Jesus. There he is. Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, and what? Rose again, okay? So that's the first of the parade. So if we're watching the parade, here comes Jesus, right? We're going... Woohoo! Right? Okay, there he is. All right? Then now we're in what we call the church age. What is the next event? The rapture. And when the rapture it says, the clouds will open and the dead and Christ will what? Rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be what? Caught up together. So that's the, set, that's the part two of the first resurrection. Jesus is first. This is the resurrection of who? The church. This is the body of Christ. I want you to understand something. When Jesus comes in the clouds, he's coming to get us, the church, the body of Christ. He's not coming to get King David. He's not coming to get Solomon. He's not coming to get Moses. He's coming to get who? The church, which is us, the body of Christ. So in the parade, there comes Jesus. Following Jesus is us. We're all coming. That's just the church, the body of Christ, okay? Then, after, after we're gone, there's going to be a time on the earth called the tribulation, and it's going to last for how long? Seven years. We saw that study, and at the end of the seven years, Jesus Christ comes back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and when he comes back, all of the believers from the Old Testament, Adam, and you just start going on, and Noah, and Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and Daniel, and Solomon, all of, they will be raised from the dead, and the people who died in the tribulation as believers will be raised from the dead, and they will be with Jesus Christ, and he comes to set up a kingdom. This is called the first resurrection. It has three parts, Jesus first, 
the church second, and the Old Testament and tribulation saints third. Now, if you remember, after that, there's the kingdom, and it lasts for how long? thousand years. Then there's going to be a second resurrection, which is called the resurrection of death, of the second dead, and the unbelievers will be raised to stand before what they call the great white throne judgment. So I want you to understand, between the first resurrection, which has three parts, and the second resurrection, there is the thousand-year reign of Christ. So I want you to understand it. First resurrection, the resurrection of life, part one is Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead, conquered death. It's just amazing. To, that, that's why it was such a, a shocking thing, because people had come back from the dead, but Jesus, his body was different. It was what we call a glorified body. It, it, it's not going to decay. He could disappear. Now, I don't know whether we'll be that. People say, well, we have exactly the same body as Jesus has. I don't know. I know we're going to have a glorified body. I know we're going to have a body that will never decay. I know we're going to have a body that will last forever. But after Jesus rose from the grave, if you remember that time, he was meeting with those people uh, that, the, on the way to Emmaus, and right in the middle of eating with them, he just disappeared. And then there was a time they were all in a room uh, with the doors locked, and they were all kind of scared, and suddenly he appeared in the room. So that, that's maybe just because he's God and he can do those kind of things, but we know we will have a body that will never decay. So in the resurrection, first of all, as Jesus is raised, then the church is raised, then the Old Testament and the tribulation saints. After that, and, and let me I'll remind you that again, there's Jesus, there's us, there's the Old Testament tribulation saints. Then there'll be the millennial. And, and then after that is that second resurrection, the resurrection of damnation. It's also called the second death. It's unbelievers, and it says death and Hades raised their, uh, are raised. So in between, there is the thousand years. Now let me show you again. This is Jesus. We're waiting for this moment when the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain to be caught up together with him will be raised from the dead. After the seven-year tribulation, Jesus comes back. He comes back. We're coming with him, and all of the Old Testament believers will be raised. And so all these people will be raised to go into the kingdom. At the end of the thousand years, <coughs> Jesus will raise up the unbelievers <coughs> from all time, and they will stand before him. That's what's called the great white throne judgment. So let me, <clears throat> boy, I, I might need some water. <clears throat> I think it might be okay. We'll see. So all believers are raised in the first resurrection. Let me give you some verses. Here's, here's John, and he sees this. He sees these thrones. I saw the souls. I just want you to see the last part, and that is this. They all came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years years. This is the Old Testament saints. This is the church. This is Jesus Christ himself. We all come together to rule with him for a thousand years. Revelation 20 verse 5, the rest of the dead. Who is the rest of the dead? The unbelievers. The rest of the dead do not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is called the first resurrection. Then after that, it says, blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Who has part in the first resurrection? Jesus, the church, and the Old Testament and tribulation believers. So all believers from Adam and Eve. Oh, wait, thanks. Oh, okay. Thanks. I've got to have a drink. I don't know what's wrong. I was outside yesterday with all those eggs. That's what it was. Anyway, so blessed and holy one who has a part in the first resurrection. Who's that? That's us. We are blessed to be a part of the first resurrection. Listen, if somebody said, do you want to be resurrected? We'd go, yes, 
Okay, does it matter? Yes, we want to be in the first resurrection, not the second one, or not the not the death. Blessed and holy is one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, all those in the first, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and we will reign with Him for how long? Thousand years. Okay, and so after that, then what? There's the second death the second resurrection. And Revelation 20 says, and the sea gave up their dead, which were in it. These are all about unbelievers. And death and Hades gave up their dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown where? Into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. I want to remind you of one thing. I'm just looking at the clock. We've got plenty of time. I want to remind you of one thing. When it says that the unbelievers stand before Jesus Christ and they are judged according to their deeds, I want to read something to you just to make sure people do not get confused. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for what? The sins of every person, and then he rose from the grave to conquer death for every person. When you and I stand before Jesus Christ at what's called the the judgment seat of Christ, which is a rewarding stand, are our sins in place at all? Does he ever say, J.B., you did this? And I go, yeah, I know, I know. He doesn't ever say that. Why? It's already been placed on Christ. It's paid for. It's for as the east as the west. And so when we stand before Jesus Christ, he'll be saying, hopefully for all of us, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. We want to be part of the medical way. We want to be part, uh, go to the, get the go to the banquet. Uh, you know, not be outside the banquet going, man, I bet they're having fun in there. So, I mean, the bottom line is we want to hear him say, well done. Our deeds, our, 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 our works and sin, our, basically our sin is never brought to play. Am I right? Okay. When the unbelievers stand before Jesus Christ, it's called the great white throne judgment. Listen to this. I saw the dead, great and small, before the throne, and the books were open. Books. And another book was open. So you got books, and then what? Another book. Okay? So what are these books? He goes on to say, another book was open, which is the book of life. So you got books, which have their deeds in them, and, you, and, and not their sin. Where is their sin? been placed on Christ. Has Jesus Christ taken the sin of every human being and paid for the sins of it? Right. So they got books that's going to be deeds. We'll talk about it in a minute. And then over here is the book of life. How do you get in the book of life? You put your faith in Christ and he gives you what? Eternal life. You're in the book of life. So it says this, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before the throne and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is in the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things written in the books according to to their deeds. This is their good works. This is, this is not sin. But notice something. The sea gave up their dead, and death and Hades gave up their dead, and every one of the judges them according to their deeds. And then it says, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And it goes on to say, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he's thrown into the lake of fire. So when the unbeliever stands before Jesus Christ, just as when the believer stands before Jesus Christ, he's judging us according to our what? Our what? Our deeds, our good deeds. And he's going to say, well done. Some, some of us may not have very many deeds and, and we'll be ashamed at his coming. And he might not say, well done. 
but it's according to our good works, you might say. Never sin. When the unbeliever stands before Jesus Christ and the books are open, they're books of their what? Their deeds, not their sin. Sin sin has already been paid for. It's already taken care of. But the big issue is, is their name... I can't find you. Their name is not found written where? In the book of life. How do you get it in there? By faith. And, then, and so here it is. It says, anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Now, this is it's actually a sad thing. It's a great thing in the fact that sin is not the issue. See, for years, people have said, you've got to deal with your sin. You've heard, repent of your sins. Wait a minute, what does all that mean? Oh, I've got to turn away from my sins. Look, sin is not the issue. Jesus Christ has already paid for every sin of every human being. The issue is, what will you do with Jesus Christ? Will you believe in him for eternal life? That's what it's all about. In John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, it says, When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin because they have not believed in Christ. The issue isn't what their sins are and how they got to clean up their act. The issue is, have they believed in Christ for eternal life? When we go out these doors, y'all, we, we got to talk to people about that. We've got, I mean, it's okay to say to a person, we know we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and Jesus died on the cross to pay for all your sins, and all he wants you to do is do what? Believe in him for eternal life. Because the issue isn't dealing with your sins. The issue is, will you put your faith in Christ as the Savior and put your faith in Christ for eternal life? That's the issue. And I think so many people have it confused. They're saying, ask this and repent of this and give this to and you be willing to do this. We're coming to him and it's grace. We're taking a gift. We're taking the gift of eternal life. When you believe in Jesus Christ, he says, I give you eternal life. Where is your name? It's now written in the book of life. And the people who have the book of life have eternal life. So we, we realize this, okay? That the first resurrection is Christ and the church and the Old Testament and the tribulation believers. Then we go to the kingdom. Following the kingdom, there is a second resurrection, which is also called the second death, and that's the unbelievers. It's after the kingdom, and they go into the lake of fire. And let me just say this. I don't want to go in detail. If you have a question, I'm going to stop for just a minute, in just a minute, and open it up for any questions you might have. But uh, a lot of people say that, okay, here's, here's two thoughts, two things that are wrong. Where's the devil? Everybody says, the devil's in hell. The devil's not in hell. First of all, he's not in the lake of fire. He's the prince of the power of the air. He controls the fallen world system. He's seeking who he may devour. Devil's not in the lake of fire. Second is, people say that when people die, unbelievers die, they go to hell. They do not go to the lake of fire until the end of the thousand years and the great white throne judgment. In Luke chapter 16, there's a place in the heart of the earth called Hades. That's the Greek word for the place of the dead. Sheol is the Hebrew word for the place of the dead. That's the Old Testament word. There's a place that unbelievers go into the heart of the earth, and they're there until Jesus raises them up. It says, death and Hades gave up their dead. Hades is the heart of the earth. And so just understand that when people say, you know, the devil's down in hell and he's trying to get as many people with him. First of all, the devil's the prince of power of this air. And there's best we can tell, nobody's in the lake of fire. And when you look at the Old Testament, when you look at the end time events like we've studied, the first two people ever cast into the lake of fire are the Antichrist and the false prophet that exists during the tribulation. 
following the thousand-year reign of Christ, Satan is then cast into the lake of fire. So two people go first, then Satan. The lake of fire was prepared, according to Matthew, prepared for who? Who was the lake of fire prepared for? The devil and his angels. But because people do not believe and their names are not written in the book of life and they don't have righteousness and they've never trusted in Jesus, they, are, they have to be separated from the Father and they go to the lake of fire. So that's really sad. So two resurrections. First one is Christ, the church, Old Testament, and tribulation saints, and then the kingdom and then the second aspect of it. So let me do this. What kind of bodies? And I'm just looking at the time and then we'll open it up in a second. What kind of bodies? I mean, think about this. What kind of bodies do we have? I press, there it is. We, the perishable bodies, which we all know that, you know, you start off and you're born and your skin is like soft as a little, and you say, this baby, it's like a little baby, so soft. And then you get older and then everything starts falling down and falling off and everything else. I mean, it just gets worse. And then eventually your body just wears out. It's a perishable body. It is. It is. And, and, and if you live long enough, your body will wear completely out. You know, people say, what happened? Well, his heart, heart just stopped beating. Just, you know, it just stopped. Because it just, everything wears out. And it's a perishable body. But when Jesus Christ changes us, and in Philippians, it actually says that we're waiting for him to come in the clouds and to change this lowly body into a glorious body like his. What that means is it won't ever decay. We're all going to be, I think we're all going to be tall and not wear glasses and have hair. I, 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 think, that's, I think that's what the bodies will be like. And, and, uh, but the truth is, I mean, we, we, we discussed this the other day. What will we all look like? What age will we be? You know, I mean, if a person died when they're a two-year-old, they're not going to be a two-year-old for eternity. If a person died when they're 98 years old, you think they're going to be 98 years old? Like, what are we going to look like? I mean, just some thoughts I have is the, probably the perfect age. I used to say the perfect age was whatever age I was, but that's not. The perfect age may be between 30 and 33 when Jesus lived on this earth. I mean, it may be the age that we all are going to be. And I don't know. I just, I'm, you know, I'm talking and just giving an opinion. Bible gives no information of what we will know each other. It says we will know each other. And let me just say this. When Peter, James, and John were on the manner of transfiguration with Jesus, who appeared? Who appeared? Moses and Elijah. Peter knew immediately it was Moses and Elijah. They didn't have name tags. And, and Jesus didn't go up and say, look, guys, I'd like you all to meet Moses and Elijah. Didn't do that. He was meeting with them, and they were over by the side, and they went, that's Moses and Elijah. How'd they know it was Moses and Elijah? Well, I think when we get to all that part, we're going to know everybody and everything. And we'll say, that's Joshua. That's Joshua, son of Nun. That's him right there. That's King David. That's David. With or without the crown. I mean, you know, you'll be able to tell who these people are. So what kind of bodies? A perishable body is going to put on perishable, uh, imperishable. And this mortal body, mortal, mortal means you die. You can die. There'll be immortality. It's immortal. And so it's fantastic. So what do we have? We have that it proved that Jesus Christ is God. That's why the resurrection is so important. It proved that, that Jesus conquered death, and we're all going to uh, be raised. But here's the third thing. It proved that our sins are paid for. 1 Corinthians 15, let me go back over there uh, because I turned it. But in 1 Corinthians 15, listen to this. This is what I, I, I love it because he says, if Christ has not been raised, your preaching is vain, your faith is in vain. He says in verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, you're still in your sins. 
But because he died and rose again, he conquered death, and he proved that sins are paid for. Listen, Jesus could say, I'm God, I'm dying on the cross, and if he died on the cross and said he's paying for sin, if he did not rise from the grave, sins are not paid for. So thank the Lord that he rose from the grave and that our sins have been placed on Christ and removed as far as the east and the west, and we'll never stand before God for our sins. Because here's the great truth. God is satisfied. First John 2, 2, Jesus is the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but what? For the sins of the entire world. And that's amazing. Because there are a lot of people who don't believe that. You know that. There are people in this community. In fact, there's a lot of people in this community that do not believe that Jesus died for all people. They believe he died for some people. That verse says he's the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. He died for every human being. That's why the sins of mankind have been placed on Christ. That's why in Adam all die, in Christ all are made alive because he's paid for the sins of the world. So let me review some questions. We said resurrection is bodily. It began with Jesus. Then uh, he died and rose again. And then, uh, then it's the church. And then it's the Old Testament saints and the tribulation saints. Then there's the thousand-year reign. And then the unbelievers will be raised. When Jesus rose from the grave, it proved that he's the Son of God. It proved that death is conquered. And it proved that all sins are paid for. So let me give you some applications. Then we'll open up for questions. Okay? Let's be clear as we proclaim the gospel message. What exactly is the gospel message? It is the what? The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died and rose again, and all who believe in him have eternal life. You know, that is very simple. Is that not simple? Jesus died and rose again, and whoever believes in him has what? Eternal life. Why doesn't everybody say that? I mean, if they just said John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, whoever believes in him will never perish, but have what? Why don't people say that? Why do they say, ask Jesus into your life and give your life to Jesus and repent of your sins and walk down an aisle and make a public profession and be get baptized and be willing? Why do they say all that? Because they're confused and they don't understand the truth from the Bible and they confuse the message for other people. And even if people somehow trust Christ, they're still confused on what the message is. We have the privilege and responsibility that go out these doors with the clearest grace message so people can trust in Christ. If Jesus said, God so loved the world, he gave his son, and whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life, that's good enough for all of us. Go with that message. Make it clear so people can understand it. So let's be clear. Jesus died, you know, clear when we do the message. Um, The second thing is, let's understand the importance of the resurrection of Christ. It proved that he is God. It proved that he conquered death and everybody will be raised from the dead. It also proved that sins are paid for. That's why it is so vital, not just say Jesus died on the cross, Jesus died and rose again. And then I think the third one is this, let's understand the different resurrections in the Bible. There's the first resurrection, which is Jesus Christ, the church, and the Old Testament saints. Old Testament should have Old Testament tribulation saints. I forgot to put the tribulation saints in there. They get killed in the tribulation. They're raised at that time as well. There is the second resurrection, which is the second death, which is the unbelievers, and that takes place after the, um, the kingdom.